0: Acts chapter 1 is our scripture for today. If you want to turn over there with me and look in your Bibles, if you brought it, there's Bible in the pew rack, the words will be on the screen, and in your newsletter, there's an insert with a picture on one side, an outline, and I've included the scripture on that if you want to follow along there. Or you can just listen. Acts chapter 1, verses 3 through 8. After his suffering, he presented himself alive to them by many convincing proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. While staying with them, he ordered them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait there for the promise of the Father. This, he said, is what you have heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, is this the time when you will restore the kingdom to Israel? He replied, it is not for you to know the times or periods that the father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. The word of God for the people of God thanks be to God. It is so very, very easy to miss the point, and I ought to know because I feel like that I have just an endless capacity to miss the point and have it just go right over my head i 'm sort of like the guy who went out on a first date with a young woman, and he hadn 't been dating very much, and he wasn 't very good at it. he was kind of awkward, and they they had a pretty good time at the date. And he took the young lady home, and he walked her to the door, and he didn't know if he was going to get a good night kiss or not, and he didn't know whether to expect it, so he just kind of split the difference. And he said something like this. He said, I had a really good time tonight. And he leaned over, and he kissed her right on the forehead. And she kind of smiled shyly at him, and she said, A little lower, please. (laughs) And so he said... I had a really good time tonight. (laughs) I miss the point a lot, and uh, thankfully my wife is patient with me over the years. uh, But I don't think I'm the only one that misses the point. I I think it goes way, way back. Uh, I'll bet if we're all honest, we have what I call uh, SMH moments, and that stands for slap my head like how did i miss that? Oh, why didn't i catch that the first go around? now i get it. i think it goes back all the way, well maybe back to our common ancestors to adam and eve. i can picture adam and eve in the garden and and god giving instructions and saying don't you can eat of any any of these beautiful trees around here that you want to eat, but just don't eat of this tree. Just don't eat of the tree of the knowledge of of good and evil, for the day that you eat of that, you will surely die. And then as the serpent tempts them, they see that the fruit is, that that fruit looks good. And then the serpent explains to them, hey, when you eat this, God doesn't want you to eat this because he's wanting to keep all the knowledge to himself, because when you eat this, you're going to know things so they're like what could ever be wrong with knowing things so they ate it and Adam looked at Eve and said you're naked and Eve looked at Adam and said you're naked too and they said now we get it now we understand that God wasn't trying to keep us from something good God was trying to protect us and we just missed the whole point. We missed the whole point. And so from that moment on, inside of our human nature is a capacity to just miss it. Just miss it. I know it's there. I know it's there because when I read the Bible, everywhere I turn, I see missing the point. One of my favorite stories in the Bible, in the book of Exodus, is the children of Israel being delivered from bondage in Egypt And they're led out into the wilderness by Moses, and and then they start complaining. They start grumbling, don't they? They they're just, you know, my stomach's kind of growling. Why'd you bring us out here anyway? Are did you bring us out here to starve to death? Were there not enough graves in Egypt, and you had to bring us out here? What's up, Moses? What's up, Aaron? Why are we even out here? I think I'd rather go back to Egypt. At least I had enough to eat. And Moses said, and Aaron said, and God said, Don't you know that if I'm powerful enough to bring you out of captivity, don't you know, children, If I'm powerful enough to do those miracles before Pharaoh, don't you know if I can part the Red Sea and you can walk across on dry ground that I'm not going to let you starve to death in the wilderness? Don't you know that I just want you to learn to wait and to trust? Don't you know that I'm going to meet your needs day by day by day? Skip forward to the New Testament. When Jesus came, the Word made flesh and dwelt among us. When Jesus taught his disciples, wouldn't it have been great to get to hear Jesus teach and to preach? To get to see the miracles that they saw. To get to see him walk on water. To get to see him feed the 5,000 and raise the dead. And then they saw him crucified. And they saw him buried. But then he did just what he promised on the third day. And they saw the resurrected Christ. We get all excited about that, but we forget it wasn't just a one-time thing. In the scripture we just read from Acts chapter 1, it says that it wasn't just a fleeting glimpse. They got to sit with him. They got to talk with him. They got to have dinner with him. They got to touch him. They got to, listen, for 40 days, get a crash course in Kingdom of God 101. He taught them. The risen, resurrected Christ taught them for 40 days, a 40-day mini-mester. I often thought if I could get in that car from Back to the Future and go back to any place in time that I could choose, I would pick those 40 days. Because wouldn't it be amazing to sit at the feet of the resurrected Christ and to hear him tell me about the kingdom of God? I can't think of anything any better. So, at the end of that forty-day crash course, Jesus gave them some final instructions. He told them to do something. I'll be honest with you—that I have hated to do ever since I was two years old. He told them to wait. Oh, I don't like that. He told them to wait. He said, "Wait here for the promise of the Father. Wait here for the Holy Spirit. It's not going to be long." But you're gonna need to wait. But we don't like to wait. And so there's that one guy in the back of the room I can picture. Maybe it was Simon the Zealot or or somebody raised his hand. Maybe his name was Sam or or, or Benny or something like that. Raises his hand. Jesus and Jesus pointed at him. He said, Hey, uh, is now the time that you're gonna establish your kingdom? Right here on earth. It's now the time, Lord. Now would be a good time. And Jesus said, You know, I just ask you to wait and to trust me. But it's hard, especially when the reality that you're living in is difficult. When you're suffering when you're hurting it's hard to wait and their reality was it was a difficult reality they were living in a period of time called the Pax romana and it was the peace of rome and it was a time of peace certainly it was a time of peace that rome had brought but you know how they brought that peace they brought that peace by conquering everybody around them and having people live under the sword they brought that peace by having an occupying force inside the land That God had promised to Israel. Everybody resented it. Everybody hated it. And the disciples believed in the promise that the Messiah was going to come. They dreamed of a time. They dreamed of a future when, when the occupying army would be driven out. When the Messiah would sit on an earthly throne. So Jesus is now that time. It was understandable for them to think like that. But Jesus had been trying and trying to tell them, and more recently, for the last forty days, the resurrected Christ had said, "My kingdom is not of this world. My kingdom is not an earthly, political, military kingdom." And they missed it, and we miss it. So here's a couple of a couple of truths about how not to miss the point or when we miss the point. One, one is we miss the point when our focus is on the wrong thing. We miss the point if our focus gets off and it gets on the wrong thing. Last spring, um, Tammy and I had just been to Huntsville where her mom and dad lived. and Her mom and dad had, had downsized had built a new home and they had some extra furniture and we wanted some of it, so we borrowed a truck went to Huntsville to pick up these two chairs and Emily Kate came up from Birmingham Southern and we all met at uh, Tammy's mom and dad's house and we had dinner together and kind of caught up it was a just a neat little opportunity loaded up the chairs headed back to Lexington where we lived at the time and Tammy and I had gotten all back all way almost all the way back to Lexington while Emily Kate was going south to Birmingham and the phone started ringing and Tammy saw it was Emily Kate, and so we thought it was going to be, hey mom and dad, I got back to the dorm, I'm glad I got to have dinner with you, so we pushed that button on speaker phone, and we said, hey Munchkin, how are you, and she said, mom, dad. the only words that need to come out of my mouth at that time the only words that need to come out are you okay okay she was by the way she um, it was raining real hard she's going on I-65 she hydroplaned and hit the rail okay but what if my focus had been on something else many other things I could have gotten off track with. I I could have said, is the car all smashed up? I could have said, were you driving too fast? You see, when we focus on the wrong things, we miss the point that disciples were focusing on an earthly kingdom. They were focusing on a problem that they had, namely They were focusing on what they didn't have, all the things they wanted. It wasn't like they wanted it to be, and they were focused on that. Jesus had been trying to tell them from Matthew 6 on, look, consider the sparrows, consider the birds of the air. Does God feed them? Consider the lilies of the field. Does God clothe them? And then he said in verse 33, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Don't focus on the problem. Focus on the one who can solve the problem. We miss the point sometimes when we fail to pay attention to the instructions. And we do, don't we? Let me see if you can can finish this sentence. Okay, ready? When all else fails, read the... I'll bet some of y'all have tried to put together a swing set or uh, something like that, and you thought, who needs the instructions? Instructions are for wimps. And then, or maybe it's just us guys that do that. And then we think, we hear that voice that our mom told us when all else fails, read the instructions, and we go back and we do it. Well, Jesus' instructions were not complicated. He said, wait, wait for the Holy Spirit. Then when you have been clothed with power from the Holy Spirit, then go and be my witnesses. Where shall we be your witnesses, Lord? Well, start where you are. Start right where you are in Jerusalem. But don't stay there. Expand out to Judea. Expand out to Samaria. Samaria? We don't like going there. Yes, Samaria too. And then to the ends of the earth. You know I think. As a church. I might even dare to say. As a country. That we need to sharpen our focus. And focus on what really matters. Because there is a lot of hand wringing. Going on these days. About the future. A lot of hand wringing going on. About the future of our. Denomination. And not just our denomination, but the church as a whole. Do you feel that too? Do you, Is that what you talk about with your friends? That it seems like everything is changing? So I think the way we move forward into the future is to go back and read the instructions. Simple instructions like, wait. And trust the Lord. Simple instructions like. Be filled with the spirit. Simple instructions like. Go and tell the good news. Locally and regionally. And to the forgotten. To the ends of the earth. If that's our focus. If if that's where we apply ourselves believe God will take care of the rest this morning we remember another famous time when Jesus' disciples missed the point in a big way they gathered together to do what we're going to celebrate, they gathered together to break bread and receive the cup, what we would call the last supper And as they went into that upper room, you may remember that the disciples were actually arguing with each other over which one of them was the greatest. Wow. And so in the middle of that time when they're arguing with each other, Jesus, the son of God, got up and wrapped a towel around his waist and got down on the floor with a bowl of water and started washing there. the reason that we come to the altar to receive communion is to remind us to humble ourselves amazing to think what you have done for us and it's amazing to know what you want to do through us you have given us your spirit you want us to take the good news so God we will wait on you and we will trust This morning, right now, we'll get the point. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. I want to invite you to turn with me in your hymnals to page 12. Hear the invitation. Christ our Lord invites to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sins before God and one another. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. you to turn with me to the great thanksgiving, the middle of page 13. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you and blessed is your son, Jesus Christ. By the baptism of his suffering, death and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death and made with us a new covenant by water and the spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took the bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it it to to his his disciples disciples and said, Drink from this, all of you. This This is my blood of the the new covenant poured out for you and for for many for the forgiveness of of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so, in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of the faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Pour out your Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, reminders for you. Um, One is that we have open communion in this church. All who are present are welcome at the Lord's table. All you need is a hungry heart to come. You don't have to be a member of this church. You don't have to be a member of any church. You are all welcome at the Lord's table. The second is it's our custom to come and kneel and receive communion that way. Uh, If you Have problems with your knees or your hips or your back, and kneeling is a problem for you. Don't feel bad about that at all. Just come and stand. And if you need to be served at your seat, we'll accommodate you that way, too. We just want to make sure that everyone has access. Uh, And next, it's also a tradition in our church to receive a communion offering. And just if you just have whatever you can afford or whatever God lays on your heart, to leave that on the altar rail as you come and kneel to receive communion. And everything that you put on your communion offering on the altar rail will be used for our local missions for those who come to us uh, and ask for help on almost on a daily basis. So if you are able to, and God blesses you to do that, then please do that. And then one final thing is uh, we have uh, a gluten-free option today if, if that is uh, a need that you have. Uh, If you'll tell your servers that you need uh, gluten-free, then they will provide that for you. Um, So I want to invite those who are helping serve and also our choir to, to come first at this time to be served. and may the peace of Christ go with you. and go in peace and may the peace of Christ go with you. Amen. now and go in peace and may the peace of Christ go with you. Amen. Is there anyone who needs to be served at their seat?